This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hello, and welcome back to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Steve Anderson, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds, uh, in the studio today. And uh, Ryan, we're going to continue a discussion we started on uh, document management uh, but before we do that, I want to do a, a shout out to NDO Technologies for uh, their uh, sponsoring of our podcast and uh, recommend that you check out their platform um, that, I don't know, how would you describe it? I mean, for me, it, it takes a, a whole bunch of forms that you need a client to fill out where they might have multiple forms beforehand, and it makes that a much more seamless experience for them as it reuses the data that they enter, um, and, it, and it makes you look cool. Well, and it, it's all about customer experience. It's, right. it's, it's really helping that data gathering process and streamlining it and making it as, as easy as possible for the clients to give you the information you need in order to put a program together. Yeah. So recommend you check it out. You can go to useindio.com and sign up for a demo and um, get an idea of what it, what it looks like and how it might help your organization. And speaking of documents, we're going to delve a little bit more into uh, electronic document management. And every agency's doing it today. You, you virtually can't operate without dealing with electronic documents. It's just, unfortunately, too many agencies are not doing it well. And that's a little bit what we want to talk about. We had a previous episode that we uh, talked about a little bit of overview. And this episode, we want to dive in a little bit more and really talk about E&O concerns, because that's the whole reason why organizations store documents, right? It's to show, here's what we did. Either here's the email thread where you requested this and we responded, or it's the policy or the endorsement that we get from the carrier. We have lots of documents that we use and store to have that, uh, what do I want to say, the flow, the... I mean, ultimately, it's trust. It, it, It plays into the advocacy role of an organization because of a carrier says this is what you did and you can't generate that that's adverse to 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 what they have then you're going to out you know you're not servicing your client effectively yeah and i think the core concept here is that agencies do not hold the official record of a policy right carriers do Mm -hmm. which is why we spend so much time synchronizing data whole download issue 
and documents that the carrier generates that the agency then captures and stores in their document management system, either attached to the client file or a third-party separate document management system. So let's talk first a little bit about uh, some potential problems or what I call E&O holes just in the capturing of the electronic documents from from carriers. And it's a really arduous process. Um, The way I explain it is carriers have multiple ways, I've counted at least six, of informing you that there's a new document available. Uh That could be an email with the document attached. And, And frankly, right now, that's probably the easiest for the agency to work with. Because literally that email, almost every system I know of, allows you to drag and drop that email, attach it to the file. The attachment gets separated. It literally is a drag and drop, and it's stored. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, many years back when I was at at another agency, (coughs) Philadelphia switched to to CDs, Mm. and they would send CDs. And we were on thin clients, and so not every... not every computer had a CD player. And so, and I, and I think that just that concept though, that they will change the way that they deliver them. And we have to be able to consume those effectively and be thinking about, all right, today they do it like this. Tomorrow they may do it like that. Are we keeping up to date? Are we keeping up to speed? Right. Exactly. So email with an attachment. Frankly, I'm shocked carriers are doing that. If anybody still are from a security standpoint, mm-hmm. that who knows what, personally identifiable information is in that document that's just kind of being thrown out into the wilds of the internet. So I think that's going away. Um, You have carriers that send an email with a link in it. Mm -hmm. Click on the link, open up a tab now probably in your browser to navigate to the carrier agency portal. Right, it's like a secure portal that protects that. Which is a better uh, from a security standpoint, but worse from a productivity standpoint. Because now that account manager has to go log in, find the document. Now, maybe you go to the inbox or directly to the document, but you have to right-click Save Target As because you're likely in Internet Explorer, unfortunately, but um, and then save that. And, and, and too many people skip over the steps here. So I have to navigate, find the document, right-click, save as. My save as box opens. I have to navigate to someone on somewhere on the network drive, probably my folder, right, Steve's documents. And before I click save, I can't just save the document because it more than likely, I would say 95% chance, the file name of that document has nothing to do with the client, the policy, the number. There's no identifying information on it. And so I have to rename it. Right. And typically that flow is I save to my desktop. Yes. Right? That's how I generally see it being done. Oftentimes I go to account manager's desktop and they might have 300 PDFs on their desktop. Right. You know, because every couple of months they'll go and clean all that out. Mm-hmm. But th- they bring it over to their desktop, they rename it, then they take it to whatever mechanism they need to be able to put it in there. To, to actually store it within the agency system. Right, right. right. And here's the other issue. Those 300 now are duplicate documents. Absolutely. Right. So now I have two instances of a document. Mm-hmm. If I get a 
interrogatory it's three or, because you've got it in email. In right? email. I've yeah, dragged yeah. that over to my desktop. Now that's a second. Mm -hmm. I've now changed the name and I've stuck it someplace else. That's the third. Right. And so, yeah, you start. it starts to get pretty hairy when you're trying to reference a, the one that actually matters. Yes. Right? That's and right. The, the, I'm looking at one that's three months old that was updated by email X that I didn't remember to use. And here's the other thing. Uh, with all those 300 PDFs stored, how do I know I actually attached the right one? That's right. And so, you know, different account managers do different things. I've seen some have an attached folder mm -hmm. where once they attach that one, they drag it over to the folder, mm -hmm. right? But I think account managers get busy. And then so once it is, it's an easy thing to kind of skip and think they did it and they didn't mean not to, but they got interrupted they by got an it. email. And, and they, that's exactly right. my point. Every step in this process, because we haven't finished it yet, you say rename it, save it, now I have to go to the client policy file, click the attachment, browse to wherever that is, or drag and drop it, um, and I get an email or a phone call in the middle of that, I get distracted, interrupted, and then did I do it or did I not do it? Did I finish that step or did I not finish that step? And that to me is where we have the potential for E&O holes. Right? right, documentation holes in that in that whole process, and there are multiple other ways. Some carriers, you know, send you uh, an email with multiple links. Some carriers just send you an email that say, "Hey, there's new documents. Go find them." You know, there are a lot of different ways that those documents get. And that's the worst. No. I think I think that one's the worst because you, you know you got if you work with fifteen carriers, you got fifteen portals to log into. Right. You got thirty three things to do and. I, yeah, I mean, and it, the distraction in getting those done correctly all the time it is a big factor, I think. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's almost like you're setting them up to fail. Mm -hmm. It's not an if; it's a win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time that you know electronic documentation uh, has gotten rid of the file clerk. We don't need somebody to you know put files back in the the drawers anymore. But it's actually created a new position, which is the document go-getter, mm -hmm. right? Somebody, and and again, do you have, you know, one person, you know, you talk about a soul-sucking task, right. <laughs> you know, for a person to do all the time. But then you have account managers who are doing it because they need to want, they need and want to make sure it gets put in the right place so it can be retrieved. Well, and you're just talking about better. the document. I mean, there's also work. That right. the document actually makes them do. Correct. Right? So I'm sending out a renewal policy. I'm acknowledging the endorsement. I'm got a new vehicle, got this, a new that, vehicle. or the other, right? right? And so uh, not only do they have to go store all that, they also have to record in the system the impact of that. Uh, this increased the premium. I got to go change that. This reduced I got to invoice it. I got to email it out. I've got to. Right. right. So all there's actually those steps. work that, that, that the document pushes over, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It can. Absolutely. And so, you know, that whole process, I think, is just ripe for documentation holes. Mm -hmm. So I get asked this question. I'll ask it of you. Why do that? Why not just leave it at the carrier? Well, I mean, the challenge is, and I think depending on the department, in personal lines, I oftentimes see leave it at the carrier, right? The client calls in. <clears throat> they, want a, they want a document. 
at that point in time, the account manager would go to the portal, that carrier portal, get that documentation and get it over to the client. That's a high volume shop that, that you're, you're maybe seeing, you know, a thousands of transactions in a given week. And to be able to put all that documentation in the system, the, the gain and efficiency from the retrieval would not be there. But it's it's while it's absolutely an E&O must, I mean, that's the underlying, that's definitely what drove this initially. It's also the consumer-facing speed to be able to retrieve that on the call while you're there. I mean, when I look at why the account managers like it, it's because if I'm inside the policy, inside the account manager system, the agency management system, there's typically going to be a button or a mechanism that I can draw, get all the documents in instantly and be able to go through that. That's a quicker fix than it is to go out to the, pol- the the carrier portal, log into that, get the policy document, bring that down and email it over. And so I, I think that there's always different ways to leverage it. And each organization, like you said, it comes from a conversation. Mm-hmm. Should we be going out and getting all of these? And I mean, if it's in PL, I'm probably going to tell you no. Yeah. But if it's in risk management where you may have a tenth or a fifth of the amount of clients that you have in personal lines, and you want to get that stuff really quickly for the client, it may be the right move. Plus, if you're doing E&O audits, which most agencies are doing today, they're looking for the story of the changes that have occurred in the system and what drove those changes to make sure the documentation is there to match that. To match what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what actually happened. And I would say asking the question there uh, specifically on personal lines, so many management systems have the capability called Mm real-time and policy inquiry. So you can be on the policy, click the real time on uh, applied. It's the butterfly, the transformation station mm-hmm. on Vertifor products. Transact it's trans- now. Transact Now. Mm-hmm. And actually with those carriers that have implemented that capability, you can go out and retrieve the policy from the carrier mm-hmm. without even going into a search on what documents might be stored as part of the client file there. And, you know, that's been around a while. I would say a good percentage of agencies either don't know about it, haven't implemented it, or haven't trained their staff well enough on how to utilize some of those technologies in order to streamline their day. So policy inquiry, billing inquiry, perhaps claim inquiry, all of those things are a couple clicks away from the carrier's data, which is the most accurate. If it's set, I mean, again, we're talking about shops that have operation, pretty pretty solid operations because if, you know, I, I typically break it up into a volume play or a value play and on those volume plays to create profitability there, you know, we at Crichton, we did leverage Transact Now, but it's not a magic easy button. I mean, you've got to have your logins, you've got to have the carriers on there, you you know, new, new hire comes in, you got to set all that up. And so there are things things that you pick up that you've had to come in and have discussions about to make sure that those steps occur and certain organizations that may not uh, be have the same volume or just not be aware like you said be aware of the solutions they may not be set up like that i think the transact now is a very powerful tool um, especially for those volume plays. Yep. And, and again, per, primarily personal lines. Mm-hmm. Maybe select accounts, though. Sl- I was going to say yeah. small commercial, select accounts, yep. um, uh, absolutely, absolutely also. And so for a takeaway is if your organization isn't actively using those tools, then you, that is something you need to push. If you are an account manager, 
push it up to whoever IT maybe or technology if you're an agency owner. Don't let your staff tell you, oh, we tried that. It doesn't work. That's that's no longer true. And it's been proving all the time. And, and I mean, and, that's kind of neat because like when you when an account manager looks at Transact now, they may have 30 carriers that they can radio buttons that they click and hit log in and it automatically logs them in. They might not even know their credentials. Right. Which then saves you a big problem when you if you have to offboard that employee yep. because you're not having to go and flip all these creds around for that person. Yep. And so I definitely think it's something to explore to at least understand if you're not leveraging it today, why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the uh, relatively new download messages um, is called eDocs and Messages. And that is a solution for that whole process we described about downloading documents from the carrier uh, portal. Now, it's a solution that, in my last count, only about 30 insurance companies have actually implemented. So, small number. Uh, They do happen to be larger carriers, so uh, maybe more agencies out there could do it. But the whole idea of eDocs and messages is that in the download transaction, so think about that data that comes in on download, again, primarily personal lines and select small commercial, Mm -hmm. that comes into your system, the carrier, once implemented, can include the documents as part of that message. And so those policies, endorsements, audits, actually physically get attached to the client file without your staff having to touch the document. I think absolutely huge productivity savings, effectiveness savings, and E&O protection uh, that's uh, provided in that. Uh, I do know for Epic, And for AMS 360 and their latest release, uh, which is 2018 R1, I believe. Um, I could be wrong. It could be R2. But their latest release, both of those platforms now have automated that process of attaching those documents just like the data gets uh, assigned and attached to the correct policy. Right. And I think I think agencies hurt themselves sometimes because they say, oh, well, we represent 30 carriers and only five do eDocs, so we're not going to do it. I think you should take the other take on it and say, hey, these five that do it, we're able to net this kind of efficiency gain. Now you've got real bullets in the gun to kind of go back to the carriers that don't do it that you work with to say, you guys are costing us money. Yeah, we can't afford to do business with you. Right. I mean, it makes this easier for us. And, and, I mean, we see carriers change if the agencies demand and then leverage mm-hmm. what they demanded. You know, mm-hmm. we can't just go ask for it. They create it and then us not try it, right? And Absolutely. And that, uh, frankly, I hear this a lot from the carrier mm-hmm. side that they built all this stuff over the last 10 years and their utilization uh, i was talking uh, uh, with somebody at the hartford and their utilization is about 20% right of yeah. their agents that utilize the tools that they built they're not going to build more yeah and i'm i'm just astounded that agency owners aren't pushing these efficiencies now i know you get pushback and staff says oh we tried it it didn't work it overwrote this it did that there are all of those tweaks that absolutely need to be done. Well, I think but the benefits are so huge. Yeah. And and you got to. I mean, I think a lot of agency principals have been burned by the overpromise of of 
recognized value of technology. And so they, they just become resistant to it because they're like, yeah, we never netted the gain. But, and so that's why when we come into an agency with technology, they are like, oh my gosh, we're going to do this again and we're not going to get anything out of it. But you got to keep trying. You got to get better at implementation. You got to get better at putting it in place. You got to figure out what does work and what doesn't work. You cannot stand still. And, and if it doesn't work, let somebody know. Right. I mean, I, it, it, you don't just sit back and go, it doesn't work. No, there's a better voice for agents and brokers today than ever in terms of feedback to the carriers to help them understand what's broken or not working uh, correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about document retention and what documents we store and... Uh, keep it forever. It's yeah, going to keep, keep it, it forever. It's electronic. Why? That's right. I mean, honestly, I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. We just keep it. What's the problem with that? Well, the challenge legally is if you, if somebody says, hey, we need to see all your documents pertaining to these two organizations and you don't have a written policy that you're trying to follow, you have to generate everything. So if you keep all your stuff in tapes for 30 years and you've never purged it, you may be legally liable to go ahead and go through all that crap and to get it out there. And that may take you a ton of time. Yeah, and I think the thing that most people don't realize is the uh, federal rules of civil procedure changed in 2006 because prior to that, they had to produce it electronically, but it could be in any format, and mm-hmm. it was up to the other party to figure out how to actually read, write mm-hmm. the files. Right. 2006, you have to provide it in a readable format, right? So you can't just dump an, a, a SQL database. You can't just, you know, dump your archive uh, outlook or whatever, whatever it is. Crazy format. Crazy yeah. format. You CSV, you Excel, or data. Or some proprietary format. Right. You have to provide the reader the ability for them to actually go in and see those documents. Mm-hmm. So liability there is huge. And my question always is, do documents help you or hurt you? I mean, they can do both. So the question I ask to help people think about that is, and I'll ask you, Ryan, this. Do you believe agencies' documentation is better today than it was five years ago? Yes, I do believe that. So five years ago documentation, I have more holes, I w- more potential problems. Yes. More documents that could hurt me than help me. Uh, a more I have I have a harder time gener- capturing or getting access to the documents that may get me off the hook right. than I have today. Today, because I mean, mm-hmm. today you have more ability to audit the holes. I mean, I, again, we, we have technology is better. Technology is better, and, and you're able to utilize that leverage. Is, is yeah, better. It, it's better. Yeah. It's just better. And so, you know, how long you keep it, and and it is a real question from from the the legal liability and the potential e holes that you have. And also um, from what I don't hear many organizations asking from your data breach liability. Right. Right. So how many records? No doubt about it. Especially do you have yeah. if you keep it for 10 or 15 or 20 years? Sure. Or quote forever. Well, especially when your cyber liability is directly correlated to the number of records that you have. Right. Right. And so, you know, the, and it gets exponentially larger once you pass a couple inflection points. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're keeping some of that stuff, um, you could put yourself in a position where you're paying a lot more and you're, like you said, your liability on a breach is much more. Yeah, and, and just to make sure everybody listening realizes a record is not a policy. Right. A record is not an account. A record is personally identifiable information. So 
you have a commercial account with 50 vehicle fleet, you likely have at a minimum a driver's list with 50 names on it with identifying information. Birth That's date, 50. Driver's license numbers, and it depends on the organization. I mean, I, And it depends on the state on how they define right. what PII is. Right. But the point here is that's 50 records for one account. Mm -hmm. Now multiply that by seven years sure, or 10 years or 15 years or 20 years and your number of records that could be exposed um, increase significantly. And, and it's worse on the benefit side. I mean, when you look at some of the stuff that you collect oh, on the benefit side, and man, all of that. Yep. I mean, you can get, you can get jammed up. So Figuring out a data breach, uh, excuse me, a, a, a retention policy, I guess, is the, the best way for me to say it. I recommend not just choosing seven years because there are several factors that go into it. It may actually need to be longer. It could be shorter. Mm -hmm. So different states have different requirements. So, and I'll be specific here, different state department of insurance have different requirements. Some have no specific requirements on an agency for how long they keep a client record. Some states do have recommendations and they go from three years to 10 years. So Virginia is three years plus current years, so really four. Washington State is 10 years. An agency is required to keep the client records for 10 years. Now, if I'm a larger organization and I have clients in multiple states, then the state where the client resides is the state that controls how long the document. So it actually gets complicated quickly. Sure. And, and so I don't want to leave anybody thinking this is simple, just pick a number of years and get rid of all the documents. You really need to think through this. You need uh, professional legal advice in the document retention area. And you need to talk to your agency management system vendor because most of you are using that platform as your document repository. What capability do they have or don't they have to actually purge, shred electronically data and documents that are client-related? And frankly, right now, most systems have limited, if any, capability to do that. So you can have a document retention policy. You just can't support it operationally. Right. And I mean, I think, like you said, the, the, the takeaway is, you know, are these discussions being had or do you have one individual that bears the brunt of this in your organization that's like, oh, my gosh, you know, is there a true policy that gives you some defensibility when you get called onto the carpet for this, right. you know? Yep. So, I, you know, for me, the takeaway is have the discussion uh -huh. uh, around retention, have the discussion around the technology available to help you streamline document capture, have a discussion around what documents are you storing that you don't need to. Right. Right? Absolutely. A couple quick examples of that. Well, I think everybody listening would understand that you shouldn't store in your management system any kind of client credit card information. Oh, God. And I know it happens. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me, no, we don't do that. And I would just say, are you sure? Right. What's happening at the desk? Two, I think there are quite a few examples of documents that you don't need to store that you might be storing now. For example, on personal lines or maybe small commercial, um, direct deposit payment of premium storing the voided check, scanning it and attaching it. 
or for agency build, scanning the check that you received in payment of a agency build premium. Don't need it. That has all the financial information, all the banking information. Again, just limiting or reducing your exposure to those types of records. I think I mean I think it's a good point. You know, as you have discussions about document retention, identifying those 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 things, the records that you keep in your system that you have to have for a short duration, that that might be effective, right? And to be able to say, look, if we do take this kind of data, let's make sure that we get this stuff out as soon as we can, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. maybe they don't fall under the same compliance as everybody else does. Right. But I think identifying what you think may open you up to certain risk in the systems is a very effective thing because you're going to protect that data differently. You're going right. to handle that data differently. And right. so if you don't have those conversations, um, you will at some point. You will at some point. <laughs> right. And you're better off doing it now. Way better. And And – Get multiple people within the organization as part of that conversation. And I would say re-examine everything that you're doing around document management. Um, The documents you capture, how you capture them, how long you keep them, um, all of those uh, discussions and questions. It's complicated. Um, We're not trying to make light of it or just say, you know, don't worry about it, but have the discussions so that you can be proactive in protecting your organization, protecting your clients, and reducing your liability exposure. Yeah, because you will have you you will come up against this. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen. Absolutely. Any last thoughts or tips? I mean, I think you kind of hit it on the head. You know, get around the board table, talk to the 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 management team, and then also talk to the employees and figure out are they sticking stuff places that you didn't sticking things places that you didn't want them to. Correct. You know? Are they leaving them in Outlook? Do they have their own personal folders on the side so they make sure they can <laughs> right. capture it? Um, and and again, are they capturing documents that are irrelevant that right. don't need to be you know part of the uh, the system? Oh, sounds good. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, you've gotten a couple of ideas uh, for document management. Big, big topic. I suspect we'll come back and address uh, address it again. And hopefully, you uh, have gotten a, a few takeaways. So, appreciate you listening. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to uh, hear from you. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio Software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. To learn why over a 1,000 agents use Indio, go to www.useindio.com podcast.